This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey there, welcome to the COB. It is the Close of Business podcast. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott on the 10th of September, a Thursday afternoon. Scotty, really high hopes for the market. Well, we came out pretty strong out of the gates following that performance on U.S. markets overnight. Um, but yeah, a bit of a, a waning through the afternoon. Glass half full Blaney is uh, going to be met with glass <laughs> half, half uh, an empty scut because uh, the, uh, the market was a bit disappointed. Uh, and very, very, uh, I was not impressed by today's performance whatsoever. The price action is very iffy and suggests the, uh, the, the bounce that we saw in U.S. stocks overnight led by the tech sector may not extend we'll obviously find out what happens tonight but really not convincing the closing us wasn't so convincing the price action today was not convincing so uh maybe the uh the tech route uh, that we're seeing over the past week or so uh hasn't quite been finished with yet lots of analysts that we spoke with today said you know we're in for more volatility don't be surprised if we see some more selling on wall street if not tonight you know it's it's still a market where valuations are running really, really hot in the mega tech space and we're very headline driven and uh, there's lots of risk out there. The Aussie dollar today in, uh, you know, the Australian session was not too poor of a performer. It's currently sitting higher against the US dollar at 72.81. And I know you were looking at that as sort of a, an indicator through the session as well. Yeah, let it later. Uh, European uh, traders don't give two hoots about what Asia's done. They just want to go find where the uh, very easy stops are to go and try and take out. So uh, they tend to go and gravitate towards those uh, levels. The Aussies high now was lower for most of the session. So were US futures for most of the session. Uh, both have popped higher in European trade. But uh, once again, very not convincing uh, price action whatsoever. So we'll find out. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but certainly uh, a lot of caution out there, trepidation, because let's be honest, a lot of the, uh, the speculative frenzy uh, which drove the, uh, the market to the levels it was just last week uh, hasn't really been hit too hard by what we've seen recently. Uh, I still have the view that uh, if the market wants to go and test out uh, you know, the willingness of those uh, late to the comer uh, rally parties uh, to go and really make the pain, they could go and do it and get in at better levels. We'll find out later on. Okay, well, let's, I suppose we'll find out if it's been enough over the past couple of days to remove some of that rampant speculative activity that has reached excessive levels this year. I think that's the last line of your Scuddy's view that's in the newsletter. Well, plagiarizing. No, yeah, well, it's, uh, <laughs> it is. It is definitely uh, rampant. It, it is definitely speculative, and it is dangerous because uh, a lot of a uh, lot of dangerous on a single stock level. I should go and clarify that. But uh, there's lots of uh, lots of people out there who are punting with products and uh, and very inexperienced in these kind of things. Uh, as we're seeing with Tesla, the other uh, poster child of this whole uh, no speculative frenzy. 
uh, things can come off pretty quickly. I'm not sure the market's really finished with that one yet when it comes to downside. Uh, it's still up a lot uh, over the past month or so, even with the pullback we've seen this week. And September is often a topsy-turvy month as well. Okay, let's uh, just go through the market today. We saw the financials down as far as the big four banks, I should say, more specifically. We saw iron ore uh, futures retreating and uh, Fortescue Metals was down by about six-tenths of one percent as well. Yeah, so iron ore has been one of those hot commodities at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of different moving parts. You know, we see that uh, steel, uh, steel margins, uh, mill margins in China are very, very uh, narrow now. That's because partly uh, iron ore prices have rallied so high. Uh, so it, it is interesting to see what's going on. Uh, don't want to get into too much technical details, but a lot of the, uh, the strength has been because there's not a shortage of fines in China, but uh, there's not been a real replenishing. So we're waiting for those boats to come across from Brazil mm -hmm. with, a, uh, with a high grade iron ore fines to replenish those. That would definitely put some downside pressure. But for the time being, uh, iron ore prices are still hovering near multi-year highs. But uh, we did see some weakness in spot prices uh, overnight, and then again today in, uh, in Chinese futures. So one to keep an eye on, but still very, very elevated levels. Clinuvel was one of the best performers today, if not the best on the 200. It had um, some positivity in relation to its Sines pro uh, product being used in DNA repair. So it's looking to progress that uh, DNA repair program. Shares were up by 9%. Gold Road Resources was up by 5.5%. Yesterday came out with their maiden profit update and uh, we spoke with the CEO a little bit earlier on today his name was uh, Duncan Gibbs and he was looking really positive on you know not just the the program that they have in place now but in some of their exploration programs and um, debt free and obviously the gold price doing good good things for the company yeah and any any gold miners named Gruyere no, it's uh, no. <laughs> Tasty for investors, so I know we had a good chat with him this afternoon. Okay, so some of the worst performers, though, um, you know, have to do with, I guess, the reopening trade. So Flight Center was down by 2.38% today. And, um, yeah, you know, there were lots of names that, that suffered in this environment. As you mentioned, it was a bit lackluster in there, especially as the day wore on. Uh, when we get to some of the interviews that we were doing today we spoke with the head of australian equities at credit swiss michael janicki i was really keen to speak with him because we spoke with him before reporting season to get what he thought was going to happen and then today checked in to find out you know what he was expecting came to fruition and he said look resilience was a keyword going in and he said that uh, companies were remarkably resilient at least most of them through this reporting season and he put it in context uh, of the global financial crisis. So I think it's worthwhile if anybody would like to listen to that interview, you can do so via the show notes. I also chatted with Sigma Healthcare uh, MD Mark Hooper in the wake of that company's results that came through today. Margins is a problem when it comes to that business. He said, look, margins are thin, but if you run the business well, you can still get good returns. And he's also looking to diversify, take the company into other markets, other areas where they can get a bit better margin. And PPE is one of those areas and, and the company did pretty well in that through COVID. I bet you asked him about Project Pivot as well, didn't you? I didn't ask him about Project <gasps> He He brought it up anyways. Oh, I wanted to name drop Project Pivot, you know, as you did so well the other day. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the share price today in Sigma did pretty well off the back of it. It performed the broader market up by one6 percent. Uh, we have another interview that we did a little bit later on. Althea in the CBD. This is not the Central Business District. This is not an A-REIT. This is talking about cannabis products. And it looks like they could potentially 
be making their way into pharmacies prescription-free as a pharmacist-only medicine. That'll bring us in line with other countries like uh, Canada comes to mind. Potentially. I'm not sure where the uh, political uh, will is there. There's been a lot of uh, movements of this in, in this particular space. Lots of uh, no excitement around various announcements that have been uh, nipped in the bud. Excuse the pun. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, uh, we'll have to go and find out. I think the, uh, the final decision will be dropped in November. Uh, that will give uh, the green light to that either one way or a not. But uh, obviously we've seen pot stocks have been on a tear the last couple of days following that news. Yeah, no exception today. Althea, AGH is the ticker code, finished the day up by 7.5%. So the stock of the day, Whisper, WSP is the ticker code. Uh, it's only a week after it announced that Whisper would be added to the S&P Alltech Index. And this comes as two of the company's pre-IPO backers sold their stake in the company worth $76 million or around about there. But this is a company that has go, been going so strong. We've had the opportunity to speak with its CEO a few times on the channel. Uh, very generous with his time. But we wanted to know what our expert guests think of the company and its prospects going forward. Let's start with Julia Lee from Berman Invest. Whisper, you know, is having its day in the sun at the moment yep. because they're winning a number of government contracts um, because of COVID-19. And really, this is a communications um, platform where if you want to send out SMSs or emails, you can do it all through this platform and yep. it amalgamates everything. So it's great to see them adding new clients. But as you mentioned, when you do see big backers selling out of companies you have to ask yourself you know are the best days already behind it mm. i think with whisper the exciting thing is that they haven't made huge inroads into the us yet which is a, a big market so that's still in front of them yep. but having said that for the short term look I, i'm thinking if you're in whisper a little bit of money off the table probably looks prudent uh, you know, we've got this combination of recurring revenues, good solid customer base with enterprise and government clients, people like AGL, Monash University, City of Hobart. Uh, so I think there's, we've got a good increase in recurring revenue year on year, which I think is very positive. Now we've got some concerns and those concerns are around, you know, it's valued at or trading at 10 times revenue, which is always a little bit of a concern. And we think that there, there's, um, you know, 15 million worth of cash sitting there on the balance sheet uh, you know, there may be a risk of needing to go back and tap the market if that growth strategy either accelerates or doesn't pan out the way that they're expecting. So it is expensive uh, at the moment. I think if you're comfortable with that cash burn rate as the business starts to scale, it could potentially be quite a good play, but uh, it looks like a hold for now. And that was Rod Bristow there from Climb Asset Management finishing the thoughts there on Whisper, which was the stock of the day, WSP. It was in the portfolio. The Ausbiz portfolio, Scotty? Not anymore. So apparently it's been booted out. And so we'll join the uh, the backers of the uh, of the of Whisper in uh, in selling out. So we'll go. We'll short sell in our hypothetical hedge fund. Yeah. Okay. I love I love following along with that. Um, look, it is ECB night. It is jobless claims night, and it is also a night. We didn't talk about it a lot on the channel because it was more a political story. But it is a lot of the wash up from that. Uh, outrageous or rage is what it's called book that's been written by Woodward about the US president and his knowing that uh, COVID was a really dangerous flu like none ever seen before and he kept that from the American people and so I think there's going to be a lot of political news coming out of the US tonight I mean it was a massive news day in the states on Wednesday so it'll be interesting to see if we get any tweets 
coming from the U.S. president, if we get any uh, increased rhetoric when it comes to you know, China, whether we get some talk about vaccines, it's going to be a live night, I think. Not to mention that we're all hanging out to wait to see what these tech names do. Yes, it's, uh, maybe, maybe he's uh, hoping that there'll be a secret plunge in the, uh, in the stock market so he can go and blame uh, another Federal Reserve or something else to go and take a bit of the, uh, the heat off. That's a really interesting one with Trump. Like, I, can, I can see both sides of the argument. Obviously, we know it's a very deadly, uh, deadly virus. But at the same time, you don't want to panic. Whether he got the, um, the mix right is, uh, is obviously up for debate mm, at the moment. Yeah, well, I think that the, the takeaway is, is that the pri- president, the U.S. president's primary job is to take care of the health and safety, safety mm-hmm. of the American people. Um, you know, lots of people out there, lots of commentators, political commentators saying that presidents have um, fallen for less than this. Yeah, potentially. But at the same time I can see, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but at the same time I could see, oh no, there's a pandemic coming, it's gonna be deadly. And just imagine how people react. We see what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment. A lot of rioting on the streets, no violence. Yeah, I get I, it. I, I get I, the need to not spread panic, but that would hold true to me if you would have followed it up with action, saying, hey people, don't worry, we've got your backs covered, and mm. then actually had their backs. Yep. I think that, you know, I'm editorializing here, but it's a podcast I'm allowed to. You know, you can't, you can't deny that something is deadly and then not take the proper precautions to protect your people. You should be a leader. Oh, in fact, you are a leader here. <laughs> what? I think it's getting to the end of the day and we're both getting a little delirious. I think that's what it is. Um, We'll be talking lots about the ECB. We don't need to go through it here. And Brexit, Brexit as well. I was talking to an expert early this morning who was saying, look, we could very well have confirmation of a no deal Brexit today, Um, you know, in this in this overnight session in London. You can catch up with that interview on the website. It's an Australian fellow at uh, I'm sorry, I just can't remember the name off the top of my head right now, but it's on our website. You're looking at me like you remember. No. Name drop. Do your project pivot. I, I can't. I can't just pull the trash can in my brain will not just go and automatically spit out the name of that company. Yeah, yeah apparently what, not mine what's, today what's, either. What's its, what's its face company? Oh, apologies to everyone out there listening. Okay, tomorrow we're going to start again. We've got Hillard Macbeth. He's director of wealth management management, I should say, at Richardson GNP, talking about whether Australia's lucky streak has come to an end as we enter the first recession since 1991. We've got the CEO of Sensend Networks as well, talking EV, Dean Fergie, Scion Investment Management. And we also have, and really looking forward to this one, Scotty, it's you and I at about 10.30 a.m. We are talking to the author, one of the authors, of that UBS report on the buy now, pay later space. So looking forward to speaking with Tom Beadle from UBS, really digging into the detail. You've been hanging out with someone to have a really in-depth chinwag about the BNPL space, haven't you? Particularly someone who's bearish, yeah, definitely, who shares a similar thesis to myself and uh, about the regulatory concerns. But uh, yes, that's only one of the very many highlights that I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You said we're tired. Of course we're tired. It's Thursday, but no, we're going to bring it home strong on Friday. I can see it now. The final straight is there. We always perform well to go and finish off the week. I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you. I'll see you then, Scotty. Sounds good. See you all then too.